We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Hello and welcome to church. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. I am so excited again that you are here to receive the Word of God. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now we have a prophetic word over this ministry this year that indeed it will be a year of double honor to you according to the book of Isaiah 61. And so I am praying that in the name of Jesus that God will, that this prophetic word will find expression in your life in the name of Jesus. The shout of joy will not depart from your habitation. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will go from strength to strength. The grace with which you have started this year and started this month, that grace will continue to propel you forward. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I pray for unusual doors. Doors of opportunities. Doors of greatness. Great doors to be opened to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You are blessed in Jesus' name. I thank you for once again for being in church today. All right. Now, we have been looking at this. In this message series, we'll be looking at can God really restore? Can God really restore? And last week, we came to a conclusion. We said, yes, he can. Why? Because we looked at a very, uh, we looked at a case study in the Bible. You know, the Bible says that the things that are inscribed in it, they are, they are for our examples. It gives us something to look up to. It gives us something that we can use as, a, as an anchor for our faith. And so that's why you, my friend, must be a Bible scholar. The Spirit of the Lord is expressed in the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. So I know that even as we dig into the Word of God, something will minister to you. And so we started looking at this question, can God really restore? And then we said, yes, he can. Now look at the life of the Shunammite woman. You know, so this particular woman, we saw that God restored her joy. God restored that joy. She was barren. She was believing God for a child. And a prophet came along. And then she, well, a, a, a prophet she received to her life came along and gave her a prophetic word. And the Bible said the following year, she gave birth to a son. And then down the line, we realized that um, something happened to that, that particular son. The child died. And the prophet came along again. So God restored her joy. And then we realized that God restored to her that what was lost. What happened was that something happened to that child. The child died and they brought the prophet back and the prophet prayed over that child, stretched himself over that child and the Bible said the child came back to life. And so we, we can see from that same text that God can bring about restoration of anything that is not working in your life. In other words, whatever is dead in your life, God can restore. And then through a prophetic word, we then realized that um, something was, a, 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 a famine was coming upon the city. And the, and the prophet told this, told this lady, hey, you need to leave town because a famine is coming. And so the lady packed herself, packed her, packed her family, and the entire family, they left town for, for a few years, okay? And then, then later, we then realized that God brought restoration to her city. Okay, so God brought restoration to her city. And so the prophet told her, hey, it's time to go back home. And so she came back home, and then you can see that God can restore a city. 
God can restore a city. Now, this just tells me that God is in the business of restoration. And so God restored the city. And then the woman came back only to find out that all her assets had been taken over. <laughs> I mean, you don't just leave your town for a few years and hope to find your assets and investment the same way. And then it just so happened that when she went to see the king, it so happened that at the same time, the king was asking after the ministry of the prophet, Prophet Elisha. And then what then happened? The Bible says that, ah, they, they, she sought an audience with the king, and the king restored her assets. So you can see that God can restore your investment. God can restore your career. God can restore your business. And so the Bible also says that God restored her profits. And so the king said, listen, this king gave her an officer and said, listen, Whatever it is, whatever it is you need to make to ensure that this lady is well compensated, make sure that happens. And so the officer went to went to work, and the Bible says that they had, what she has lost while she was away was restored to her. So we 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 know that God is interested. I mean, God is the God of restoration. And so I want you to, I want you to fix your heart. Believe the God of restoration, that God will bring restoration into your life in every area of your life this year in the name of Jesus. What do you, even if you think that you are crawling right now, if you think that things are not going the way you expect right now, I am saying, don't worry. Our God is the God of restoration. He will restore your career. He will restore your business. He will restore your ideas. He will restore your dream. He will restore your assets. He will restore everything that has to do with you. Praise the Lord. Can God really restore? Yes, he can. Praise God. But today, today, the whole world is celebrating Valentine's Day. The whole world is celebrating Valentine's Day. So today is like, it's like Sunday love, all right? And so I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Can you bring restoration to your relationship? Can you bring restoration? So today we are looking, we are looking at, we are looking at um, uh, restoring relationships. Restoring relationships. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 21. All right? Now tonight, tonight we have a very special program. We, are, we, we, we put uh, together you know, a, few, a, few, a few couples and we are going to be asking them what they wish they knew before they got married. So don't, don't miss out. Details will be on the screen, okay? All right? So Matthew 5.21 says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother, we are talking about restoring relationships. Whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Whoever says to his brother, you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, that is, you have offended somebody, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary Deliver you to the judge. The judge hands you over to the officer, and you are and you be thrown into prison. Into prison. As shortly I said to you, 
you will by no means get out of there until you have, you have paid every debt. Listen to me very carefully. Can God really restore? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But equally, God has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. Not just of salvation, people going to heaven, believing in the gospel, but also restoring and reconciling our relationships. In other words, it is the will of God that we live peaceably with all men. We are talking about restoration here. God has restored our relationship with him through Christ and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. That's God, uh, uh, God's words translation, 2 Corinthians 5.18. I love the way he put it. He said, God has restored our relationship with him and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. God is a God of relationships. And so you must be, you, I mean, is a God of restoration. And so you, my friend, you are also called to bring restoration to others. God has reconciled us back to him. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile men back to God and reconcile men back to each other. Praise the Lord. And even as the whole world celebrates um, Valentine's Day today and they are, they are looking for love, we must know, we must come to understand as Christians and that it's, our, it's the will of God um, that we bring restoration to relationships. In fact, in, um, in Romans 12, 18, I love the way the, uh, the Bible puts it. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, not some men, not some people. Live peaceably with everyone, everyone. And as Christians, we must live, we must live, uh, we must live, live by example in this area. Are you living peaceably with all men? Are you living peaceably with all men? Praise the Lord. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Relationships are always, are, are always worth restoring. Relationships are always worth restoring. God has given us the ministry of restoring relationships. So for this reason, you will find out that a significant amount of scripture right, is dedicated towards restoring relationships. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 from the message translation. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited. Be deep-spirited friends. Philippians 2, 1 and 2, message edition. He said, be deep-spirited friends. If you've gotten anything at all after following Christ, if, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of spirits of, spirit, of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then, you, then do me a favor, he said. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Live visibly among men. Praise the Lord. Also, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, I will put it as urgently as I can. You must get along with each other. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Praise the Lord. 
He said, I will put it urgently as I can. Are you getting along with people? Are people getting along with you? Are you getting along with people? We must restore, restore relationships. You must restore relationships. It's very easy to get angry and walk away. That is not the spirit of Christ. It's, every, it's, very, it's very easy to get offended and then just walk away and then break, break uh, uh, relationships that you have spent years building. That is not the spirit of Christ. And so God wants to live peaceably among men. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God, NLT. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God wants you to work for peace. Work for peace. In other words, if there's anyone in your circle of influence right now that you think that this relationship is not what it should be, you've got to work for peace and restore it. If you find that your relationship, your relationship is... Um, it's not going the way you are. I'm not just talking about, um, uh, uh, you know, husband, wife. That, that also included. Or dating couples. That's that also included. But I'm talking generally about the body of Christ. I'm talking about your relationship with one another as fellow Christians. More so as married couples. More so as dating couples. You must learn. You must learn to subscribe to the ministry of reconciliation. The rate of divorce in the church of God is too high. The rate of broken friendship in the house of God is too high. God has called us, our God is the God of restoration, and he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation by working for peace. Work for peace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, number one, in order to deal with broken relationships, we have to, number one, we have to understand them. We have to understand them. And so, and so today, I want to, I want to spend time because broken relationships, broken relationships does not come from the head where knowledge is. It comes from the heart. And that's why you find that Christ, Jesus constantly tried to address, not even, not even tried, Jesus constantly addressed the issues of the heart. Addressed the issue of, issues of the heart. Praise the Lord. They say, oh, wow, you know, if you, uh, uh, if, if you, if you catch a man in a, in a, uh, or a woman in adultery, that's a big offense. But Jesus, said, if we, but Jesus went and said, well, you, that's, that's the act. That's the action. He said, but let me tell you something. If you think about that person lustfully, you are equally, you are, you are equally, you are equally liable. So because, because our action starts from the heart. Our action starts from the heart. So the issue of broken relationships comes from the heart. Many of us are so you want to really look at look at edit your, your mindset and edit your perspective and review your mindset, review your perspective and ask yourself some questions about your opinions. And find your, ask yourself some questions about your judgment. Ask yourself your, some questions about your perspective in, 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 um, in about, about life and in relationships. Whether it's your friend, your fiance, your wife, your spouse, your husband, or even relationship with your, with, your, with, your, with your boss. We need to ask ourselves certain questions, certain questions. Sometimes many of us have inherited certain perspectives, right? Certain perspectives about life that are not really biblical. So we must understand them. What is the origin? What is the origin of your perspective? Because, you know, I'll tell you what, but, you know, it is, it is our, it's, it's our perspective that brings, uh, that brings about misalignments in our, in our relationships. 
But, at, but, but we need to sit down and really audit the origin of your perspective. Why do you think the way you think? Why do you talk the way you talk? Why do you react the way you react? Why do you behave the way you behave? Praise the Lord. So we must understand, must seek to understand the origin and the root of, um, of, um, uh, uh, of uh, relationships, okay, and disagreements. Number two, in order to deal with broken relationships, we have to remember them. We have to remember them. Number one, I said we have to understand them. Number two, we have to remember them. Yes, remember them. It's easy to forget. It's really to forget about hurt feelings. It's so easy to forget about us unless <laughs> you are the one who is hurt. It's very easy. It's very easy for you to offend someone and forget it. Praise the Lord. How many times have you, have you said or heard had, had someone say, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they'll just get over it. No! People don't get over things. It's easy to say people will get over an offense when you are the offender. It's easy to say. But Jesus said that we are supposed to remember. <laughs> we are supposed to remember. In verse 23 of that scripture that we read, he said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. So God expects you to remember the broken relationships. God expects to remember those broken relationships. God does not expect you to just walk away from them, but to bring restoration and bring peace. At the end of this service, many of you need to make a phone call. <laughs> At the end of this service, many of you need to make a phone call. Because the way you have reacted or the way you are reacting to this in, in, in this relationship or in that particular relationship is not reacting as a Christian. It says, if you, so therefore, if you, if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, verse 24 says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and reconcile, go and be reconciled, it says. Go and be reconciled, it says, to your brother. Then come and offer your offering. I want you to listen here that he said, what is saying here? So pay attention to, to, to the person initiating the reconciliation. You go, you act, it is the, it is the offender. He said, you remember that, oh, my, my, my brother has, now, whether you are right or wrong, it's irrelevant. The fact is, the fact is, someone is not happy with you. Someone has taken offense. Someone has taken offense. Do you understand? So you leave that sacrifice and then you go be reconciled and say, bro, you know, I, I perceive in my spirit that you are not happy with me or, you know, let's, 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 let's put an end to this. It says be reconciled because you are the Christian. You are the Christian. If anyone is unhappy with you, right, it means that you have caused an offense. Now, whether you are right or wrong is irrelevant. You go be reconciled. Be reconciled. Hey, that's why Christianity is tough. That's why Christianity is a, that's why our faith is a lifestyle. Anybody can say I'm a Christian, but can you walk the walk? And this is one area where you must walk the walk. 
Our God is the God of restoration. God cannot be restoring your life and then you will not, you will not be restoring relationship. No. If anybody is angry or offended at anything you have done, right, consciously or unconsciously, and it comes to your mind, then you go be reconciled because they are not happy. Well, I know what you're going to say. But how am I supposed to know all those who are not happy with what I have done or have said? Well, that's why we call it walking in the spirit. If you are walking in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring all things the Bible says to your remembrance. It's called walking in the spirit. The moment you drop on your knees to pray and your heart is open, the Holy Spirit will remind you. And I'm sure many of you, the Holy Spirit right, right, has been reminding you. But the, moment the, the Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. He says this once, says it twice, says it twice, and then he keeps quiet. So even when it comes to, even when it comes to your relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit, you are still having your way. Very smart. Huh? You can't have your way. Go and be reconciled. Hey, but pastor, but, it was, but it's not my fault. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is someone is unhappy. Whether it's your spouse, your colleague at work, your, 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 your fiance or fiance, your fellow brother in church, go and be reconciled. Praise the Lord. Number three, in order to deal with broken relationships, we must be willing to mend them. You understand? You mend. You understand? You mend. You understand? You mend. You understand? You remember? And you mend them. Matthew 5, 25. Matthew 5, verse 25. It says, agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest, every, lest, your, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. As surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid every penny. Look at that. One translation says, settle the matter quickly. Settle the matter quickly. Why would Jesus instruct us to do that? Number one, when you settle the matter quickly, you settle the matter quickly, while it is still fresh in your mind. We are talking about restoring relationships. Settle that matter quickly while it's still fresh in your mind. Number two, you settle the matter, settle the matter quickly while it is in your mind to do so. The longer you wait, the more difficult it is. So number one, you settle. He said, agree with your adversary quickly. Agree with them quickly. In other words, settle the matter quickly. You settle the matter quickly while it's still fresh in your mind. You see that someone is not, someone is not happy with you, right? The onus is, of you, is, on, is on you to be reconciled. Then you say, well, well, Pastor, that's a lot of work, you know, because there, there are so many people who are not happy with me. Then watch your conduct. Watch your speech. They have less friends. <laughs> Settle the matter quickly, the Bible says. 
So while it's still fresh in your mind, two, settle quickly why it's still in your heart to do so. The longer it is, the more difficult it is to be reconciled. And number three, settle quickly before you have a chance to make excuses or justify your actions. That's why he says, settle it quickly. Why you can still remember? Settle it quickly. Why is it in your heart to do so? Settle it quickly before you start making excuses and justifying your action. In fact, the word translated quickly means do it by surprise. Do it while you are on your way, the Bible says. And or he may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Don't you know that problems are more that are resolved more quickly before any third party is involved? Don't you know? Praise the Lord. And that's always that's consistent with what Jesus teaches. In Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you. Why? Because between the two of you, you can settle matter faster and quicker before getting a third party involved. We are talking about restoring relationships because our God is a God of restoration. Can God really restore? Yes, he can, and he has given you the mandate to do the same thing. Settle the matter quickly. The church of God, the church of Jesus is not a church of broken relationships, but of an open one. The church of Jesus is not a church of broken relationships. Hey, you fight with your church members, fight with your work colleagues, fight with your children, fight with your husband, fight with your, fight with your spouse, fight with your fiancé, fight, 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 knock it, knock it, knock it, knock it all the time. That's not the church of Jesus. It's not a church of broken relationships and broken friendships. No. But of open relationships, healthy relationships. We are meant to flow in unity. We are meant to flow as one. Friendship is about unity. Family is about unity. Marriage is about unity. Relationship is about unity. Jesus was so transparent in what he did and is our model. Praise the Lord. Let me quickly share with you the things I've learned about you know, ways to restore relationships. And we look at them from, purely from a scriptural point of view. And it will, it, will, it, will, it will help you. Number one, talk to God before talking to the person. Talk to God before talking to the person. I'm telling you, you need people in your life. You need people in your life. You need people who like you and those who don't like you. And what I mean by those who don't like you, people who have contrary opinion from yourself. I mean, a lot of people, the moment you find that somebody has a, a, a different opinion from you or has a different stand, right, that's it, you walk away. You run away. That's not, that's not Christianity. We build friendships. We build relationships. We don't run away. Talk to God before talking to the person. I love, I, love, I love James 4, 1, 1, 1 and 2. Look, look at this. NIV, James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? 
Don't you, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Talk to God before talking to the person. Restoring relationships. Number two, take the initiative. Take the initiative. We are the ones that God has given the ministry of reconciliation. Take the, take the initiative. And we can see that in the scripture that we read today. He said, if, any, if, any, if you enter a place of worship and about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. That's, that's the message version of it. Praise the Lord. You all say you make it right. You, you take the initiative and you make it right. Sister, you're not happy with what I said? I'm sorry. Sister, you feel offended? I'm sorry. Take the initiative. Brother, you feel offended? I'm sorry. Take the initiative. Friend, you feel offended? I apologize. Take the initiative. And I can tell you, it's a very difficult thing to do because I've done it before. It's a very difficult thing to do. To show up and apologize for what <laughs> you have not said or done. It's difficult. But you know what? It's not as, it, it, it's not as difficult as going to, the, going to the cross to die for anyone. Jesus paid the price for me. So, so, so apologizing and um, bringing reconciliation, is, it's, 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 it's nothing compared to what Christ did on the cross. If Jesus can die on the cross for you, then you, my friend, can apologize. You, my friend, can be reconciled. Be, be wary of people who just who walk away from friendship. Be wary, be wary of people who walk away from relationships. It's, it's cheap to do. It's easy to do. But it's not a way of Christ. So take the initiative. Number three, identify with their feelings. Because not everyone sees life the way you do. Not everyone. Not everyone sees life the way, same way you do. You've got to make allowance for that. Philippians 2 verse 4 in the TEV version says, look out for another's interest, not just your own. There are other interests apart from your own. Other interests. Proverbs chapter 9, 19 verse 11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 19, 11, NIV. A person's wisdom yields patience. Yields patience. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. It is one's glory. It is your glory when you overlook an offense. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 4.29, it says, Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. The church of God is about building relationships, building friendships, building family in the spirit of faith, in the spirit of unity. Number four, 
confess your part of the disagreement. Yes. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, he said, first get rid of the log from your own eyes, then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Matthew 7, verse 5, New Living Translation. So, so, you, 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 so you, know, you, want to remove, you want to remove the speck in your brother's eyes when you have not removed the log in your own eyes. So one way, we are not perfect people. Relationship is not about perfection, but it's about seeking to understand each other. So confess the part, oh, well, I, you know what? Yeah, I didn't see it that way, but, but, but I, I guess you have a point. That's where you see that's, 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 that's okay. We must bring restoration back to the body of Christ. You must learn to restore all your broken friendships and broken relationships. Number five, attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Psalm 73 verse 21 and 22 says, Thus, my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant, I was like a beast before you. I was like a beast before you. Sometimes we cannot separate the uh, person from the problem, so we attack the problem. We attack the person. Sometimes we cannot separate the person from the problem, so you attack the spouse. So you should attack the issue, not the person. We are all entitled to our opinions. We've got to respect other people's opinions, even in marriage, in relationships, in friendship. There's too, too many broken relationships in the body of Christ. Between friends, spouses, dating couples, too many. I love this one, Proverbs, Proverbs 16, verse 21. It says, a wise, mature, a wise, mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. Proverbs 16, 21, TEV version. Another one says, a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper. A sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Proverbs 15 verse 1, message. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Attack the problem, not the person. God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. And number six, cooperate as much as possible with people. Seek to understand. Cooperate as much as possible. Understand, I remember when our ministry got, uh, just got started, I used, to, I, I used to say many years ago, that you know what, you just, just do you and allow me to do me. That way we can enjoy the beauty of God's creation. Do you. But asking people to do, do them means that you should, be, you should accept the fact that people are different. But I tell you, Variety is the spice of life. The opinion may be different from yours, but it doesn't make you wrong. 
In fact, the more varying the, uh, the opinions are, right, the wealthier, the wealthier, right, it is for you to make options and judgments. Romans 12, 18. Do everything possible in your part to live in peace with everybody. Everybody. And I want to be, I want to, I want to, I want to arm you with this message today so that just as the world celebrates Valentine's Day, you will have something to say about the ministry of reconciliation. Maybe God will use you to be a blessing to someone tonight. Praise the Lord. And number seven, emphasize reconciliation. Emphasize reconciliation. Emphasize resolution. First Peter 3 verse 11 says, work hard at living at peace with others. Work hard. Work hard. New Living Translation. Work hard. Work hard at living at peace with others. Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Emphasize reconciliation. Emphasize resolution. Praise the Lord. Emphasize resolution. I pray that even as you have heard this message today, I pray that God Almighty will rekindle in your heart the need to reach out to others. I pray that God Almighty will rekindle in your heart the need to mend those broken relationships because God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. Father, I pray, O oh God, for everyone under the sound of my voice that the grace to bring restoration in all their relationships, Father, let this grace rest upon them today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you, my friend. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.